0: Welcome to the Principles of Success Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shayna Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Welcome back to the Principles of Success podcast. We are switching things up a bit today. Instead of me interviewing a guest, I get to be in the hot seat. I was recently invited to be a guest on the In the Principal's Office podcast to tell my story and share a few strategies that have worked for me. And you may recognize the voice because we interviewed Michelle for this podcast not too long ago. It was such a treat to have this time with her. I hope you enjoy listening. Shayna, are you here? I'm here, Michelle. So glad to be here with
1: you. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to have you here. And listeners, this is the first time I'm recording remotely. And I am very proud of myself that the tech is going okay. (laughs) We're going okay. (laughs) And so I just want to tell everybody how we first met because I think it's very serendipitous. Shayna reached out to me to be on her podcast. And like, can you tell me a little bit about why you even reached out to me? Like, can you set the stage from your end? Because that would be really interesting. Of course. I
0: mean, other than the fact that you're fabulous. um, Oh, oh my
1: gosh, (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: but I came across your your article for Edutopia and um, around the conversation of wellness. My podcast is to interview other female school leaders, particularly women of color but we we love everybody that are doing great things and so we're in a pandemic and everybody's dealing with their own need for wellness and so I reached out to you and said I'd love to have you on the show and pick your brain a little bit about what you're doing for your staff and your students and the rest is history
1: yeah it really is and i remember when i opened uh, up the email i'm like huh like is this legit you know <laughs> right. so i looked at it and then i went on to look at your podcast and it was so serendipitous because if anybody that's listened to Angie and I speak, we speak so much about this. Being women Mm -hmm. leaders, especially educational leaders in, in administration, I feel how rare it is to just talk and hear women speak about all these things. I just am thrilled. Her podcast is, it's so much more educational than (laughs) what we do over here. So if you want to learn some fantastic things, you should definitely go over there. But that's how we first met. And and I think we had a pre-meeting, right? So we did a pre-meeting. We did a, a pre-meeting just to get to know one another. And yeah. um,
0: it was, it was great. It was like a, a casual conversation, like we'd known each other for a long time.
1: Exactly. And so after that pre-meeting, I, I emailed Shay and I said, Hey, can I interview you too? I feel like we're kindred spirits. I feel yes. like we're both here for the right reasons. And also you heard me speak a lot about my journey and how I ended up doing the wellness thing at my school but you're still a mere mystery to me. Like, I don't know anything about you, really. (laughs) This is true. This is true. (laughs) So that's why I said, hey, let's just come on here. I think amplifying the voices of women Mm -hmm. in leadership is exactly what we need everybody needs definitely yes <laughs> i'd love to hear how you got into education your journey there what are what are your personal experiences that have shaped you as an educator and as a leader i know it's big and open ended but really it's just anything you want to tell us about yourself and how you ended up here would be amazing
0: sure so i wish i had some fascinating story of how i landed in education but i
1: really don't i don't believe it I think everybody's story is valid and fascinating, <laughs> so I'm just going to put that out there. Well, everyone.
0: well, I'll okay. tell you, and then you can see if it's as interesting. Okay, as okay. I, I would hope it would be, but it's really not. So, you know, growing up, I I never really thought I wanted to be a teacher, so I was not that person in school that said, I'm, I'm going to be. I had great teachers growing up. I even took my little bag home to be a teacher's assistant and help grade papers and do all of that. Yeah. I played school. Oh, but, wonderful. You no, know, I, I imagined myself being like an entrepreneur or, or something like that. My dad had big hopes and dreams for me to be a lawyer, potentially a judge one day. So I actually started college pre law and lasted maybe a semester. And I thought, that is so boring. So that's not for me.
1: (laughs) And did you do it because? your dad wanted you to or did you do it because you really thought like oh he suggested it and you're like yeah that sounds like a good you know idea. a little like, bit of both
0: it- I uh, well I still do I always have this mouthy side to me and I can right. I, I can argue anything and so it was yeah. attractive to me to do that but and get paid and get paid and get paid, right? paid, <laughs> right. paid. yeah then I started and it was like tons of reading and and just not sexy it was not fun so <laughs> I decided that was not going to be my path and I switched over to be a business degree major Uh, with a focus on marketing because I loved that creative business side and coming up with ideas. My family had a business and I tended to be the one to always come up with something catchy and I liked it. So I graduated with a marketing degree I went into business, but I did not feel fulfilled. There was something missing. Mm. My sister uh, was a science teacher at the time. She was in Richmond, California, which is an underserved community in the Bay Area. And she loved it so much. And I started to remember me carrying that bag of grading papers for my teachers. (laughs) And I said, you know what, let me give it a go. And I went to school to get my credential and started subbing in the meantime. I absolutely loved it. I ended up subbing in schools that were underserved and underperforming. The kids just, they spoke to my heart. It just felt like home. And it felt like that's where I needed to be. And that's how I started. That's
1: wonderful. And it sounds like education found you or you fell into it in a way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it wasn't something that you had planned. Same thing for me. I just, I never wanted to be a teacher. Both of my parents are educators. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I'm like, no way. No, right. You're never going to do that. Right. And if <laughs> yeah. I remember
0: when I was in elementary school at that time, there was a course of time where the teachers did a strike. And so you constantly heard about how underpaid teachers were. And it wasn't a sell, it wasn't a draw for yes. people to to want to become a teacher because if you did, would you be able to support your family and would you be able to have a good living? And so it just wasn't as respected as we know it should have been
1: my heritage is Chinese and in China teachers are really revered mm-hmm. right and, I, and you know I think it goes back to the whole like Confucius days and how they have always valued knowledge yes. and education and and it's really different my grandmother was a teacher in China and this was really unusual for women to be working mm-hmm. you know this is during the 50s and then she came here and she said that it was a huge difference the status of teachers in America versus the status of teachers somewhere else so when I think of the American dream or something like that it's always yeah being in business or doing being a lawyer and being a judge because I also want to be a lawyer and a judge <laughs> I feel like that's That's success. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) So then, so what grade did you teach? I actually, once I finished subbing,
0: I um, was offered a long-term sub position in a second grade classroom. And that second grade classroom was the classroom where they turned sub after sub after sub over. Nobody wanted. And it became the class where none of the other teachers wanted the kids. So they all went to that classroom. And so I was with them for the last semester and I loved it. I, I didn't want to be anywhere else and Aww. to see their growth over the time of just structure and consistency yeah. was great. But I stayed around yeah. in elementary school. And so I ended up teaching fourth grade. And then from there became a teacher on special assignment to support other teachers, then an assistant principal for a year and then a principal.
1: Wow. So how long have you been a principal? 16 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> when I say whoa, guy, I mean, I can pick your brain about so many things. Like I'm like a baby. You're you're a, like, okay. you're a Buddha. I will take that. I love it. <laughs> wow. I have, I have I have so many. thoughts in my head. But my first question is, how did you know that you wanted to make the move from teaching into even teacher on special assignment and then eventually into administration? I feel like sometimes there's this great big divide. I was a teacher for 14 years Mm. before I jumped into administration Mm -hmm. because I always thought like, I don't know, like, I'm not sure if I want to go to the dark side. So, you know, if there's any listeners out there that are teachers and fantastic teachers and are even contemplating getting into administration, you know, this might be useful information for
0: that. Yeah, it's such a good question. It's a question I ask all my guests too when they dab them in front of the mic for me. But I did not start teaching thinking I was going to be a principal. I mean, when we were little, I barely remember the principles I had. Honestly, I remember my teachers, but I don't remember my principals. It wasn't that I was looking. It was that people found me. Recently, I interviewed authors of a book and they talked about the power of the tap. And I really never thought about that. But when I look back and answer your question, it was the power of the tap that led me transition of position to position. So when yeah. I was a teacher and I did not teach that long, I don't recommend jumping this fast. I <laughs> jumped pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. um, it was yeah. another teacher on special assignment who had coached me and said, hey, you know, you're doing really great things in your classroom. You should think about stepping out and supporting other teachers. And so that was a tap. Then it was someone at the district office that said, you know, you would make a really good assistant principal and they tapped and then um, within a year it was an assistant superintendent that tapped me and said we'd like you to come lead a school and it was the power of the tap so it really was people watching and observing that believed really more in me than I believed in myself because I would have never thought to make those leaps and it was a really fast trajectory but that's
1: yeah that's such a valuable and great advice is you know really be open Mm -hmm. it sounds like you were really open to people reaching out to you for specific things and and being open to that. That's great. You've been a a principal for 16 years is how do you stay motivated, refreshed, willing to get in and do the work? Because I can imagine, right? You know, as I'm learning as well is that some of the work is so hard and it could be really disheartening in certain times, but how do you keep pressing forward. And just from the very short time I've known you, (laughs) I feel like you do have that energy still. You do have that love. You still have the passion. You're doing something new. You're doing a podcast. You're also moving forward and growing on your own. But how do you You know, how do you stay that way? And I'm really everybody I'm just asking for myself. Yeah, and I think for 16 years (laughs) down the road. (laughs) I
0: think I think that's a really good question because and I'm gonna be really honest. I'm not going to say that I wake up every day so excited to do my job. This is just gonna be completely vulnerable and honest with you. There are days that are really tough that I wonder how long am I going to keep doing this? But at the end of the day, I do remember my why. And I know that's cliche, but I am there for kids. So rewind back a long time ago. My father is the American dream. He was an immigrant. He came here. My mom, he had nothing in his pocket to make a a life for himself. But he set his mind to do what he needed to do. And it was all about opportunity. And so my why and my passion is I specifically look to go lead school's in underserved communities where the public mm. the community, the districts even count them out and I want to work yeah. for them. So I work hard, but that's what keeps me motivated is because whenever I hear they can't, I hear they will. And so that's what mm. keeps me driving forward is we, it's a it's a sense of urgency, it's a moral imperative. We, yeah. we gotta do what we need to do. And so that's what keeps me going. This is my fourth school. And, and I know that's also not the same place plan for most people. People don't stay principals that long. People don't go to four different schools, but that's what I love to do. I love to go to a school and I love to turn it around and then hand it off to someone else and say, it's ready for you.
1: And then I can go somewhere else and say, let's do it all again. I love that. As you were talking, I was really connecting with what you're saying, serving underserved population that I feel exactly the same way, you know, working in special education, working with students with moderate Mm -hmm. to severe disabilities. And I'm like, no, you know, these kids can. Absolutely. They can. Mm -hmm. Holding on to that, always remembering why. And then I'm sure in the 16 years you've been doing this, and it sounds like as you're going to four schools, you've actually seen the fruition of your hard work as well. Oh, for sure. sure,
0: For sure. And that's been a blessing to be able to say, I'm ready to move on. My work here is done. It's it's a thriving school and I'm ready to go and talking about the power of the tap, the last two schools I've been at, well, the last three really, have been the power of the tap of a superintendent or someone in the district saying, you know what, I've seen what you do there. I'd like you to come do it over here. And so it's exciting. I get really excited about those opportunities.
1: Oh man. Oh, they're so lucky to have you. I think being an advocate for kids, that's exactly what so many kids need. Mm-hmm. What advice or what are the things, aside from the tap, aside from getting the opportunities and, and people seeing what you're doing and being able to walk through that door, but what are some other things that you believe have led to your success? And I think what I'm really asking is just what have you created within the teams or within your schools or like what are some of the fundamental things when you go from school to school, right? When you leave that school that's, that's finished and ready and doesn't need you anymore and you go to the new one, what are the first two or three things that you absolutely have to do to set the foundation? That's a good
0: question. I think one is I listen and I learn. And you know, if you were to ask me this 16 years ago, when I was just a young pup and I got I got my first school. There were a lot of lessons learned about how I went in a school and kind of strategized. So I, I'm speaking to you now with lessons learned. Yeah,
1: cause you're a Buddha, you are a principal Buddha.
0: This is why right. I love that so, so much. You. you don't even know how much I'm gonna take that with me everywhere.
1: Please do. You can say it's official because someone on the internet radio said so. Exactly,
0: that's it. Yeah, I would say my first step is to to listen and learn. So I always, Mm -hmm. as I go to a new site, I set up one-to-ones with whoever wants to do it. It's not mandatory. And I ask questions. I never come in and say, this is what's going to happen. I just ask. I ask what they love. I ask what's challenging. I ask what they want to see from me as a principal. And so that really helps give me some direction and build relationships. People are curious. I've had people say they've googled me before I've come or and I get worried <laughs> about scary. what's, what's on the internet. <laughs> I, I know, mean right? now it's they'll so find scary. that I'm a Buddha so that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah that's true and you're enlightened yes which is exactly. a plus, so you might be able to help <laughs> That's them.
0: right. Good karma. Right so that's one of the first things I do. I also really work hard to get my face out there. I think with mm. every school branding is really important to me and so yeah. how we brand our school I get a perspective of how people see our school and then I start to craft our story. I think it's really yes. important to take control of the narrative. So the, the history I have with yes. the schools I go to, the perception of, has always been negative. Yeah. The community, they're afraid to step foot on our campus. So I want to bring the campus to them. And so I go really yeah. hard with social media and take those visuals and mm. tell our story, do profiles of the teachers and the human beings on our campus so people can see what's going on. So that's one thing that I also do. And then the other thing too that's really important <laughs> important is, you know, people will say don't change anything in their first year. And I agree with that. But what I will say is it's not just relationship building the first year. I think it's culture building and working on instruction at the same time. I think you I right. think you can do both because the magic is what's happening in the classroom. And so I will kind of set a tone for this will be our focus for this year. And then I really pour into the supports and just keeping a really specific focus, not a lot of things on their plate. The last thing that I'll say that I I really do is I try to be intentional about what's on teachers' plates. I probably do Mm. way more for my teachers than I probably should. People say I (laughs) I tend to take it on my husband says I tend to take it on too much, but I am constantly available to them because for me, the number one thing I need them to do well is teach. That's the number one thing. And so I have to give them space in everything else that they do. So I tell them, Tell me no, it is okay to tell me no. I will come to you because I'm excited about something, but it's okay to tell me no and we'll figure out how to get it done. My first set first set of steps is, yeah, we've got to change some things here, but I'm gonna support you through that. And we're gonna have one focus yeah. to make it happen.
1: Man, you really are a Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody out there, I've been taking notes as well. I hope you, you are, are great. too. I think that is such great advice. I love what you said about the branding. Yes. Because I, and, and the narrative, taking control of the narrative of your school, because I feel that that doesn't happen so much in K-12 education, right. right? Like you see that in universities, colleges. When you say the name of a college, you might automatically like, oh yeah, that's that college that blah, 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 right. blah. Because they branded themselves. And that's something I've mm-hmm. actually been thinking so much about is just telling the story that serves the students, right? right? Mm -hmm. And getting that story out there to everybody and making it personal and humanizing it. Well, at (laughs) the end of the day,
0: if if you don't tell the story, somebody else will. And so you have to be able to control. It's your building, right? It's it's your team's building and they're working hard every day. They need to have some wins and it's going to come through in how you brand.
1: No, I think that's fantastic advice. And I want to really think about that intentionally. I want to make sure I personally put that into all the things that I'm thinking about when I'm working with teachers, when I'm working with students, when I'm taking that macro view and looking at my school. What do I want this school to represent? What do I want it to say? What story do I want people to see when they hear about my school? I think that's fantastic. All the other advice you gave is really fantastic too. But I keep talking about the branding because I think it's something that isn't done. Oh, I agree. Or isn't done intentionally enough. I think it is the utmost important thing you
0: can do as a leader. And I think everything else I spoke about fits under that umbrella because the teaching and learning is part of your brand. The culture is part of your brand. Everything falls under that. I've spoken at conferences before and I tell principals, you are the chief marketing officer. You have lots of hats, right. but really that is your most important piece, honestly.
1: I think you're telling me that I need to get better about social media, <laughs> uh, Shayna. That's what I'm hearing from this conversation. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> You've given such great information. I know that you just started a podcast and I want to touch about on that a little bit, but do you have any other future professional goals for yourself or things that you're excited about that you're working on yeah, now or anything yes, like I, that? I'd yes, love to know. I love and
0: thank you for allowing me to, to share that. So you can find me on social media at Principles of Success. But one thing we're doing with Principles of Success is we are creating a community of female school leaders where we have some education and focus every month. So it's a membership. It's an opportunity to come together. And we just did a topic around appreciation. And we had a leading expert in education and principal That's really great to come speak to our group. We have an upcoming theme around productivity. In fact, I'm going to have a five day free challenge for whoever wants to join. You'll find that's it at principlesofsuccess.com forward slash challenge to just get ourselves organized for 2021. So yeah, those are some things that are happening. But just creating that community of female leaders is super important to me. Find me in those places. And we can talk more about how to support you because that's really where I am right now is to uplift and amplify our work. Oh,
1: it is so timely. It is so needed. And the other thing I've been thinking so much about too, is just collectively, we can do so much. And so I love that you are intentionally bringing together women in leadership Mm -hmm. because we need each other. You know, we need each other to keep moving forward. We need each other to make these connections, to not get burned out, to share all these ideas. And that was one of the things the minute that you and I started talking is I was like, oh, yeah, you're my people because (laughs) I could tell that you are generous and you're here to just learn and share and collaborate and grow. So that's exactly what we need. And me being new again for the thousandth time, everyone, <laughs> to this field in terms of leadership, I am so grateful to have people like you, a Buddha to look (laughs) up to. It's just amazing. It really is. And so inspiring. Being able to have a space to tell the stories of the fantastic things women in leadership are doing, because we've been doing them I believe we've been doing them for a long time. But to have this collective where we can come together and celebrate each other and lift each other up is just fantastic. It's amazing to have you on. And I thank you for taking the time to be here. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I will just say that
0: it's been an honor to interview you and people can tune into Principles of Success podcast to check it out. But also the podcast is really about um, highlighting other female leaders that we may not ever hear from if not for these opportunities for one of us to talk to another and highlight. And so they share amazing stories and strategies. It's really fed my soul. I think when you ask about that energy and that excitement, that has been bringing me a lot of joy lately to just know there are great things happening in our schools all across the country and they're being led by such strong women.
1: I absolutely agree. And it's the same for me to just sitting here talking to you. It really just fires me up and reinvigorates me and it just refocuses. Yeah. the vibe. And, and the other thing I'm really grateful for in this time is having the medium right. to do it very easily. We can record this together. We're not yes. in the same yeah. place, not even remotely in the same place. And yet we can connect. I think that's one of the biggest benefits where it, we're able to come together in ways that we haven't been before.
0: It was such a fun interview with Michelle. I appreciate her letting me share my story. I encourage you to check out more of her episodes at In the Principal's Office. Thank you so much for listening today. Until next time, this is Dr. Shayna Henry with the Principles of Success podcast.